Hello, all you beautiful people. This is Optimistically Depressed, and I am your host, Ruth McMullen. So it's been a crazy week. Um, We've had to self-isolate just because I've been having some lung issues since, like, November. And, you know, I can't risk getting sick. So that's been interesting. And uh, we've been getting a little... Um, spring cleaning done, which is great. Spending more time with the kids, which is really great. Um, (laughs) That said, you know, having them constantly asking for snacks and other things has been driving me a little, a little crazy, but I am thankful that we are primarily healthy, that the kids are healthy and um, no one's, you know, in the hospital or needing to be seen by a doctor immediately. And things are things are good so uh, I hope that all of you are are doing okay I know that for myself like being able to listen to podcasts has helped me a lot because it just helps me feel not so alone it feels like I'm still part of some kind of conversation out there um but that being said I've been in a little bit of a funk um I yeah, today was I was in a little a little bit of a funk. I had to do a little bit of processing just because um, I did have to see a doctor yesterday and get some testing done because my lungs are a bit crackly and it's um, been a little bit to process. But um, my doctor is amazing and I am on some antibiotics, so hopefully that will do the trick. And. Uh, yeah, but it's been, I've been in a little bit of a funk today, for sure. I was able to have a nap. That was really helpful. I hope that everybody, like, I hope all of you out there that you're doing okay and that, um, like, that you're healthy. And a big thing is mental health needs to be part of that as well. You know, we need to take care of our physical health and I, it's all, it's all connected. And being kind of isolated is uh, definitely definitely lonely and I know that we're quite privileged because we have our kids and we have like Sean and I have each other so we don't have to worry about um, getting that loneliness so much Um, although we do miss our friends (laughs) Uh, but I know that there are some people out there who are by themselves and I um, I just want you know I want you to know I'm thinking of you and I I hope that you're doing okay and the phone is definitely an option and FaceTime we're very lucky to have some really great technology to help us keep some somewhat connected with each other so I got to do an interview before the quarantine uh, with Candace and she's one of my favorite people she actually lived with us for a little while um, because she was she had to move back to Halifax Um, and she was a great contribution to the household kids loved her we loved her she was cooking for us all the time and she's just like a really easy person to talk to she was one of those people that I could just kind of open up to and talk to about anything and she made all of it very very easy and um, I think that uh, there's like a just a certain kind of genuine nature about her that is um, it's something that's you know it's just really easy to like and she has a, such a good way with words she can string together a sentence in seconds that I 
I'm just like sitting there like, oh, that's brilliant. And I wish I could have said it that way because that's just perfect. And she's, she's hilarious. She's one of the funniest people I know. Just the way that she describes her life, the way that she describes one simple thing. She does it in such a funny way. It kills me. Um, so I was just really lucky to, I'm lucky to be friends with her. And it's really cool that I got to have her on the podcast and we got to kind of talk more about um, what's going on with her life and some thoughts that she has. She's a very insightful person. She is uh, very informed. She does her research. And I think that she's just she's just a really, really cool person. You're going to love listening to her. She has a great voice, too. So, I mean, that's always an added bonus. So enjoy the conversation with Candace and I and take care of yourselves. And if you're feeling a little out, out there alone and you know, send me a message. I'm not going to be quick at necessarily getting back to everything because I'm trying to maintain some of my mental health and being on social media doesn't always help me. But if I do see your message, I will read it and I will respond to it. And so I just wanted to make sure that everybody out there knows that you're loved, that you're important. And if we remember that we are in this together and that it does um, and that this is something that we can, you know, all look back on in the future once we get through this and kind of, you know, remember that um, humankind, we're very resilient. And also we have, you know, we have this drive, we have this spirit that gets us through these kinds of times. So we can do this and we're in this together. All right. Here's the conversation. Enjoy. Fun fact, Candace lived with me for a little bit. I did, for like a, a month and a bit, I think. Yeah, something like that. She was awesome, did a lot of cooking and cleaning, and I was sad to see her go. I it, uh, That, honestly, like warms my little heart because Ruth so kindly mm-hmm. took on orphan homeless me. <laughs> when, when I got a job in Halifax, I'd been living in Bridgewater for a while, like three years or something. Yeah, something like that. And, oh, there we go. The strawberry is now gone. Uh, <laughs> no more fruit. It's no over. more fruit. It's just yogurt. No more parfait. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I lived in Bridgewater for a couple of years and then abruptly got a job in the city just as quick as, as frankly, as I keep doing. I keep doing this like under 10 day move thing. Anyway, but Halifax, <laughs> as you may be aware, has uh, like a, a rental uh, vacancy rate of under 1% or something crazy. Oh, I didn't even know that. I knew it was oh, like, it's, r- like difficult slash it's, impossible. It's really bad. And it's worse now than it was then. But right. I'd been looking, I'd been coming up from Bridgewater like every day for the 10 days I had to move out of my two bedroom apartment um, where I left behind like, a, oh, there was another strawberry where I left behind <laughs> a uh, a roommate who I adored, who I'd lived with for a couple of years and his son who I helped raise um, trying to find an apartment and couldn't find one. And so then I texted Ruth, who I maybe hadn't spoken to again for like a year because that's what we do. Yeah. And and I was like, hey, <laughs> is there any chance I could live in your house for a minute? <laughs> I can live on my mom's floor. That's fine. But if I could not, that would be awesome. And she was like, 
yeah, sure. And so she let me stay there and didn't make me pay rent. So yeah, I did the dishes once or twice and maybe watched the kids. <laughs> yeah, you babysat once or awesome. twice and used and used your hot tub every single night. It was basically like living at a spa. It was delightful and I miss it, frankly. Uh, you know what? When you left, Sean was just like, oh, I kind of miss having Candace here. So see, third party. Honestly, this is what I should do. I should just give up my apartment. Move back to Bedford. Mm-hmm. Mark is subtly leaving the room. It, it, to be fair, it was very subtle until we drew attention to it. Bye, Mark. Bye, Mark. Okay. <laughs> Are you coming back before the the podcast is over? Oh, that's that's not nice in my ears. I'll be back. Yeah, it's like yeah, We're gonna just let that door squeak a little bit more. Yeah. Oh, good. We go. Oh, Can we get some go. more squeaking, please? Just a little bit more. Oh, and fingers crossed, people will start working out in the CrossFit gym downstairs. Nice. Yeah, so yeah. spa. Spa. So we lived together for a little while, and it was actually delightful. It was like a tiny mini commune, and between <laughs> the three of us, dinner would get cooked, things would get cleaned, and children would be cared for. Exactly. Kids were in bed on time. Yeah. And well-fed. Yeah. And people were less stressed. Yeah. Because it was just the three of us. It's just the three of us. This Which, is what I mean. Yeah. Like, actually, there's something to be said, I think, about that. That somebody mentioned to me recently that the reason why we, as millennials which i guess we are yeah pardon me um part of the problem is why we feel like we're overwhelmed trying to stay at work keep our house clean eat healthy go to the gym have a relationship and it feels like our house is on fire yeah right and so part of that problem is that this system this this um uh what is it we do i've forgotten the name of it capitalism this capitalism system okay was based on a team sport. So one parent out in the workforce making enough money to take care of the entire household. Right. And then one person at home who's doing all that other stuff, taking care of kids, making sure the meals are healthy, making sure everything is clean. And whether that should be male or female is, is I think, a by family decision. But now, just to survive, just to own that house, you need to have both people in the workforce. And so now nobody is doing the other half. There is nobody there cleaning and cooking and and taking care of the kids and so we're trying to do that too but the number of hours in a day hasn't changed and the number of days in a week that we work hasn't changed either and I think that there's there's something to be said I think about living in community as we become more um more segregated by social media which I think we all now agree is a thing yeah as much as it makes us more um accessible and maybe overly accessible to everybody yes it's also keeping us in our houses and in our jobs and not spending time in each other's houses and not um, living in that type of community where, yeah, I need to see my husband's face by his own self for 12 seconds. Mm. Can you please watch my kids is is not a thing that we're really doing anymore. So having me in your house like that, mm-hmm. one, relieved me because I didn't at that moment for that month or whatever need to pay rent Mm -hmm. so that relieved the financial obligation for me and then for you guys there was a third adult who now suddenly can start covering some of that stuff at home Mm. that none of us can do and I think that there's I think and uh, who am I I'm no expert but I think what you're going to start seeing in the next couple of decades particularly as resources become fewer right um, I think you're going to start seeing that regrowth I hope of of community and finding ways where families are living together and trying to take that burden off of each other and i'm so here for it i i would totally live in a commune you know actually 
that sounds quite nice to me as well. Right. I think that, and it's like, so one of the concerns I have about living in a commune is that like, there's going to be that, I guess maybe this isn't a concern, it's just like kind of like a, an observation or sure. I wonder or whatever, because we, and by we, I mean, uh, personally speaking, I will have trouble like confronting someone about something that's bothering me. Oh, sure. And so if you're all living in a commune, you're trying to like live together mm -hmm. and like get things done together. If you're having trouble getting along with a person mm -hmm. or they're doing something that you're just kind of like, yeah, you got to stop doing that. How are you going to approach that in a way that you can both walk away? And, yeah. you know, and I, I know that like that's definitely possible. I've had conversations with people. I think you and I have had conversations oh, sure. where it's just kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, I know that. And that annoys me. It's like, oh, whoa, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'll stop yeah. doing that kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. But and, I think some of that has to do with getting better at communicating. Yes. We're yeah, terrible yeah. at communicating. Even worse now, I think that there's so much, about, I mean, sometimes I'm having conversations with people on multiple platforms at once it's right. like i'm sending you a snap while we're texting and also you sent me an attachment through facebook messenger and you, uh, it can be so overwhelming but i think that the problem is that we're not really having two-way conversation anymore we're really accustomed to posting a status on mm. on insta on facebook it's a one-way conversation and then you can choose to ignore the comments and frankly probably you should ignore the comments <laughs> but i think that we've gotten bad at being able to say to a person like, hey, this thing that happened the other day, it's left me feeling a little heavy and mm -hmm. we need to chat about that. And not just when problems arise, which is reactive, but, Ooh, okay. but also proactive. So when I, I don't know why we're talking so much about me living in your house, but when I moved into your house. It's a perfect example. It is a perfect example. When I moved into your house, one of the first couple of days, I think you and me and Sean had a little sit down and we were like, these are the things that are going to make it possible for us to live in this zone. These are the things that are important to me. These are the things that are going to make me struggle. One of which for me in particular, and is probably a great topic for this particular podcast, mm. is that as I've grown in my, un my own understanding of my mental health, health and how to keep myself as healthy as possible which mm -hmm. isn't 100% all the time mm -hmm. but in order to keep myself as healthy as possible I require alone time in silence mm. like yes. I just need everybody to go away yes and if if I don't I've gotten better now I think at um, not only communicating that effectively on my way into a new type of relationship, living at your house, talking to my new managers when I when I got to my new job, which I've now been at for a year and still love, but being able to communicate with them that, you know, sometimes I am just going to need to like decompress. And so you might not see me around on my breaks. I might just be in a little corner by myself, being able to kind of proactively deal with that, but also learning and maybe this is something that your guests may have talked about talked about in the past learning how to not or how to honestly express when I'm not in a healthy place and when I when I need to take those extra steps because as an example I live really close to my mom now we live in the same apartment building in kind of different wings just close enough not too close mm -hmm. um but she is such a wonderful support in my life wouldn't have gotten near as far as I am now and wherever I'm going to go in future without her mm -hmm. and all those foundational building blocks. But even still, she still 
mothers me, frankly. <laughs> and not like, I was about to say, it's not like she packs my lunches, but she totally has packed my lunch this week. <laughs> but, but I mean, it's not like somebody's like doing my chores for me, but it's constantly checking in with me, seeing if there's something she can do. And finding that place where I, I'm trying really hard now not to misrepresent where I'm at. So when I had a plan with somebody that I can't make because... I'm fighting the, I almost said I'm fighting the big D. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting, I'm fighting the big sad. I'm fighting depression, which even with medication is still something that I face on a fairly regular basis. Mm -hmm. When I hit that wall and I had plans and now like just taking a shower is more than I have available to me at the moment. Yes. And uh, because of my particular brand of mental illness, I derive all my, um, my self-worth from being useful to people and being helpful and when I've made a commitment to be somewhere it will it will tear me apart to not go even if like I just I don't have it mm -hmm. and so in the past I would I would come up with an excuse I'm really not feeling very well today oh uh, I'll totally use my mom as an excuse my mom hurt her back so I've got to stay and help her so I can't really come do whatever it was we said we were going to do and one it's disingenuous which is not who I am as a person and only makes it worse but also when we start talking about breaking the stigma around mental health when we talk about talking about it that's not just on whatever telecommunications company talk day <laughs> or um or just you know somebody else has posted something that was really uh heartfelt for them and you feel the need to reciprocate it needs to be it needs to come to a place where it's normal to hear from your friend hey i know we had plans today I don't have it and I need to take some time to myself and recenter and do the things that I know help rebuild my spoons, if you know spoon theory. Um, no. Oh, we'll talk about that in a second. Okay. Um, but rebuild my stores of energy. Okay. Um, I need to take that time right now. I'm really sorry. And that can be a very, particularly for me when I'm, when I'm full of anxiety already and already feeling like a failure and I feel like my finances are exploding and I'm not where I want to be at. 34 mm -hmm. being being able to just be honest with my friends means that I don't need to continually come up with excuses one two I'm being honest to myself about what I need and where I'm at oh, yes and now I'm also allowing my friends to actually be the supports they want to be and sometimes that support is I just need you to not buzz my phone today I just need my phone to not go off today. Mm. So mm -hmm. if, if you can just give me till tomorrow to take a breath and then it becomes regular. And now my friend who maybe hasn't disclosed to me that she's having some mental health issues of her own. And our generation is the most anxious generation in history. Now she has the freedom to say to me, I'm sorry, I don't got it. I just don't have it today. I can't go out today. Can we reschedule, please? And that, I think, opening up that form of communication, I think will also make it better, to tie it back, uh, I think it will also <laughs> make it better when and if we ever end up in a calming situation, we've built up those communication skills to say, that right there, that what you just did, that what you just said, is, is really difficult for me and this is why, and this is how it makes me feel. Can we find a better way to do that? And I think until we can kind of communicate as adults on that, on that level, we're gonna consistently and constantly be alone, even with our partners, because forget a commune, your partner, how do you deal with it? How do you deal with it when, when Sean, who is 
not you, so anybody outside of yourself, but in particular, bless them, men tend not to be taught the communication skills that women are taught in our in our early kind of formative years. Right. So when when he steps on it, when he puts mm-hmm. his foot clean in his mouth, mm-hmm. how do you deal with it now? How are you how do you confront that and say, "Hey, listen, not cool, bruv." <laughs> now? Mm. Well, I mean, that's after 13 and a half years of trying to figure each other out and we still don't have each other figured out, like just for the record. And thank goodness how boring that would be. I know, right? That would, that would be the worst. Yeah. Just be like, well, I gotta, like, I already know everything about you. I so. have a cardboard cutout in my house. <laughs> Sometimes we make babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, like, uh, then that's it. Um, usually what happens when he says something, I can just like, I don't even know that I'm doing it anymore. But the way that I guess that I kind of look at him or sometimes he just kind of catches himself and he's just like, yeah, that was stupid. I'm sorry. And it's <laughs> hilarious like, because I know you well enough to know that look. <laughs> I know exactly what look he's talking about. Really? It's like, it's, it's like, it's like mom look light. Because <laughs> like the mom look you give to your light. kids when you like, you want them to get it together without you having to say it and you give them like a. listen here and then there's like the husband version which is you're not a child so i can't pop full mom on you but i'm gonna let you know (laughs) not cool bruv not Not cool (laughs) that's so funny yeah yeah but that's okay. it, right? Yeah. And so, so you've learned how to communicate that. But if you had a deeper issue, if you had something, and you do in yeah. 13 years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and even just in the however long <laughs> I've known you, probably uh, like we maybe 2000, like 13? Yeah. Probably like seven years. There. Yeah. So like even even in that amount of time, I've, I've seen you and Sean hit rocky spots. Oh, yeah. We've had chats. Yeah. And, and there are times where you need to learn to communicate. This is me. This is where my values lie. These are the things that I require in order to make this work. These are the things that I have to give you. These are the, the, the things that I can do to support you, that I have the strength to do. What do you need from me? Tell me what you need because we can't read each other's minds and we need to get over the idea that we can. My, mm. my, oh, yeah, that's a good one. My partner is pretty new to me. Uh, we've been dating since uh, October. I pre-asked her if it was okay if I if I spoke about her on this podcast and she got really excited. She's a huge fan. Seriously? Can, can we say her name? Yeah, Tash. Tash? Hey, Tash. Oh, that's so exciting. She's going to lose her mind. <laughs> thanks for listening, Tash. That means a lot to me. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thanks for listening. It means a lot to me too, babe. Um, <laughs> so it's it's relatively new to us. And we we do have different, we're very alike in too many ways. We joke that we're dating ourselves or some version of our parents, um, <laughs> which can creep us both out sometimes. But we do right. have different uh, communication styles. And um, it's a bit of a long distance relationship. She lives in Kempo. I live here. And um, she she like restores herself on uh, spending time and doing things that she loves with people she loves. The more time she spends, as an example, with me, like she'll come to visit me on the weekend. And by the time she's left, she's uplifted and full of energy and ready to go for the next week. I am not that way. And it has nothing to do with um, affection or love or how much I like her because I like her buckets uh i i like her like a fat kid loves cake i told her yesterday um it's true she's awesome okay but i am i am at heart believe it or not an introvert 
And so even with the most wonderful people on the planet, and truthfully, if if I could pick somebody to spend some time with, like she's like she and my mom would maybe have to like fight it out yeah for top like there's literally nobody famous dead live doesn't matter that i'd want to spend time with but spending time with anyone spending time by myself but in public is is uh it costs me energy yeah it costs me as i said spoons so so even though i love spending time with her I need those times by myself. And it has been a bit of a navigation for us. So mm-hmm. for for her, she needs to hear me. My phone in particular is a is a um uh, a tool of anxiety for me in general. Yes, um, me, me too. Yeah, I if, know this is true. <laughs> yeah, because there have been times that you've messaged me and and I won't respond. And what we've had conversations about it after, and yeah. it was just kind of like, oh yeah, it's no, I totally, I know that someone messaged me. I'm just too anxious to even look at my phone right and now. And that's the thing. So what I've discovered about you and I, and and I won't give away the platform, so it doesn't okay, ruin us. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but there's if we if I try to go through traditional forms, if I try to text you or call you, bec- not because you're avoiding me, but because you're avoiding the 13 other things that have popped through. Yep. I know that it's going to take time for you to respond, but there's one platform where I feel like you know it's me. Yes. And so I'll get like an instant response yeah. because you're not really avoiding me. You're yeah, avoiding, I'm avoiding everything. Every, yeah. Yeah. Everything. And it's, and it's the same way for me. So like I, I work in a call center, um, ironically, um, mm-hmm. but I find phone calls in particular very stress inducing I know I'm not alone in this yes um but like when my phone rings there was a meme uh that went through Facebook a while back with Mary Kondo do you know who I mean yes yeah like the neatness lady does it bring you does Does it it spark joy does it spark right and she was saying um (laughs) it was like a a picture of a phone getting a text and it's like this sparks joy because it's like from bay and then (laughs) and then in the second one it's like bay and it's calling and it's like this does not spark joy (laughs) and I was like this is so accurate this is so true for me but for her Mm -hmm. she needs to hear my voice to know that we're connected to know that we're not as she says it's not just a text relationship Mm -hmm. she needs to have time to not have to like think out her thoughts and to go about her day and feel like I'm part of her day while she's in it Mm -hmm. and so it has been it has been a um a learning curve and finding the way where I can provide for that need without undermining my own mental health and what we've discovered like our parents in like or grandparents in war times <laughs> uh, is that we've set a day and so we mm. may call other times throughout the week and I try to anytime I have the like I've gotten home from work and I have a minute of energy I'll try to like throw her a call just so that she knows that I'm thinking about her mm-hmm. but um, we found that Mondays no matter what we're doing a call and we always start the call by going this one needs to be quick I'm really tired today and then two hours later we're still on the phone right, right, right. so it's like it's one of those things, but it's that it's that communication. And I think that that communication, not only in romantic relationships, but also in friendships, also in parental relationships, finding the ways to um, put up those boundaries to protect yourself um, without keeping people at arm's length and finding that balance, I think, is maybe what makes us human. And it, I think it can be really I think it can be really beautiful when you get it right. Yeah, and can be really traumatic when you get it wrong. When yes, you, when you miscommunicate and mm-hmm. you've said something perhaps in anger that wasn't necessarily untrue, just not 
put the way that is full of the love that you have for the person on the other side of the conversation. That's a beautiful way of putting it. I've definitely found myself um, in situations where I've said things to someone where I'm just kind of like, I really wish I didn't say it like that because Mm -hmm. now it's like, it's going, I know that whenever this comes up again now, it's going to be something that's more tender than it really needs to be. Mm -hmm. And I, I, it like, I mean, Sean, Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he would be my main example sure. of someone that like I'll bring something up and because with him I have like I have like that kind of automatic safety with him because mm-hmm. it's just like he's I mean, not walking yeah and you know how long it took him to convince me of that yeah yeah oh can we talk about re- healthy relationships and how freaky they are <laughs> they're terrifying they're terrifying <laughs> and this is the thing it's like I've spent I'm 34 years old yeah um a lot of that was not dating. I came to that particular table real late. <laughs> but but I spent my whole life wishing for a healthy relationship. Took myself, though I wouldn't have worded it that way. <laughs> um, took myself through a series of unhealthy relationships that mm. some of them I knew they were unhealthy when I was in them. Some of them I didn't realize how unhealthy they were until I was out of them. Mm-hmm. And in particular, my, my most recent ex... Um, there were certainly problems in that relationship, but I didn't think it was as unhealthy as it was until Tash and I started dating. And like now there's little things that, and she's the same. So now there's these little things where we like catch each other off guard with like being normal. Mm -hmm. Like, um, uh, as an example, um, I, I have, you know, I live obviously separate from her and I have friends in the city. And when I manage to find the energy to like actually go out and see them, she'll text me and maybe I don't see it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm really sensitive to that, like being available to the people uh, who who trust me with their heart. And, <laughs> right, right. And um, and I know how hard it is for me when I text somebody and they don't text me back. Whoops, don't text me back for some amount of time. Um, I find that very difficult. And so if I haven't responded in a while, then I'll respond and be like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. I was just out with Jen and I didn't have time. I didn't see or whatever. And she'll come back and she's like, it's obviously fine. Have a good time with your friends. Hope you're having a good time. I'll text you good night. Don't worry about responding. We'll talk tomorrow. And I'm just like, oh, but look, I'll, I'll really, like, I promise I'll text you good night. She's like, it's okay if you just fall asleep. Don't worry about it. And I'm just like, oh, are you, are you sure? <laughs> she's like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> oh, okay. And then when Christmas time rolled around, she and her ex, and I'll not tell her stories, but um, she she had a, a one of the issues with her ex was this kind of uh, a sensation of owing. So uh, her ex was uh, more perhaps financially um, had a little financial excess that she didn't have. And so uh, they would show up with rather extravagant gifts sometimes that weren't asked for. Mm -hmm. And then later, maybe months down the road, something would happen. He'd be like, yeah, well, remember when I bought you that TV? And and like kind of holding her accountable to things that she didn't. And Mm -hmm. so when Christmas time rolled around, she uh, she very timidly, because we were really very new at that point, and we'd only been dating since about October. Mm-hmm. And she was like, hey, like, would it be okay if we set like a spending limit? Like maybe just, uh, we're pretty new, like just like 25 bucks so that, you know, neither of us feel obligated. And I like immediately rejected that idea. Not that I'm rolling in cash. I most certainly am not. Not that I had any particular designs to 
to spend a whole whack of money. Mm-hmm. But I don't like this idea of keeping count. And and I immediately came back with like, listen, like if you get me, if you cook me food, I'll even pay for the food. I don't care. If you cook me food and give me a massage, I'll be happy. In fact, now that I'm thinking of it, I really frankly hope that that is what you give me for Christmas. <laughs> that sounds delightful. I'm going to get you what I feel is appropriate. Something from my heart. And whether that costs me $10 or $1,000, it won't cost me $1,000 because I don't have $1,000. But <laughs> it might cost me 10 It might cost me $1,000. i am going to do what I feel is appropriate. We're not going to keep count here. There is no you now owe me some $975 gift. That's mm. not what we're doing. And I'm never going to bring it back up. But also, I'm not going to allow your fear that I'm going to hold you accountable to it. Stop me from expressing to you how much you mean to me through whatever. As it turned out, Mm. between Christmas and Valentine's Day, I did two fairly extravagant days, neither of which cost me more than $15 total plus gas. So impressive right yeah that's valentine's day was stuff in part because i knew that it would mean more to her if i managed to it would take that weight off of her right right but there's this we're both kind of now shaken by like my partner's a normal person who isn't trying to hold me captive and isn't Mm. um um, trying to hold power over me and i think that's really weird for both of us and we we talk about that and we both talk to our own therapists about that Mm. and and my therapist was like uh what is it she said she was like that feels weird, doesn't it? I was like, yeah. Yeah, that feels really weird. She was like, you kind of want to run, don't you? I was like, I kind of do. I kind of want to run, but like I don't want to run because it's exactly what I want. But like my instinct is like something is wrong here. Right, yeah. And she's like, don't. Don't run yet. This is, let's learn what healthy is. And the more we kind of get to know each other, the more we realize that you were saying it took a long time to figure out he wasn't running. Oh my gosh. Yes. Very long time. And that's what I mean. It's like, you gotta like, I think we're so full of these terrible experiences and this trauma and this, our our own parental issues and all that stuff that we, once we do find a good thing, it like, nobody talks about the effort. Everybody talks about the effort of the hard times, right? Like during the hard times, you're just going to have to buckle down and decide to make it through together. And that's true. But also nobody talks about the the difficulty of like, I need to stay put when it feels like it's too good to be true. Yes. Like, because it's like, it feels like it's wrong if you were to actually just sit in it and enjoy it and just be like, this is awesome. Because how often do you get exactly what you want? Exactly. And so then you're just kind of like, nope, something else is going to happen. I'm going to pay for this. Yeah. Yeah. I want this too bad. It's all going to destroy itself. Yes. So I should let go now before yes. it hurts. But that's. Like we're literally standing in the way of our own happiness. And it's not just romance. No. Like this thing. The podcast. Yeah. Has been a huge dream for you. Yes. And finding that thing, that passion that brings you joy. And now not only is it a thing, growing pretty quickly, has has an actual fan base, like is becoming a, a real thing. And do, are you finding that you're having the same... Oh, yeah. Fears now as you had early on, Sean? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh, no, no, no. It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. Something else is going to happen. And like, and it's, it's to the point where I go out and actually search for it, like search for the wrong mm-hmm. thing. And I'll be, and I'll start um, sabotaging myself. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so it's taken yeah. like some frank conversations from both Sean and Mark mm-hmm. to just be like, Ruth, stop it. Yeah. Like you're you're hurting. You're hurting yourself. Don't do that. Yeah. Just enjoy this. And yeah. then uh, and then it's kind of like, so like, just enjoy this. And like, you know what? Start doing things to like, you know, benefit yourself. Because here's another thing that I've discovered. Mm-hmm. If I enjoy doing something, then I'm like, I can't do it because that's wrong. I enjoy it. So it's wrong. How interesting. Why? Yeah. Um, see, I don't, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't figured that out. Like, like, for example, when I went to university, I took a, a, a course on, See, now I can't even remember. Literature course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it involved reading like books that I really enjoyed. I did not have that experience in literature courses in, in university, but I'm with you. Okay. So, no, it primarily involved reading books that I really enjoyed. And so I would put it off because I'd be like, no, 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 that's not have to work. Earn it. Yeah. It's like, so I've, I can't do that. And then, and then it took me a little while before I was finally like, like I'd just be like going to bed and I'd be reading my book and it'd just be like this nice thing that I was doing before bed. And then all of a sudden it was like, I was treating it like a treat. I finished my homework and I was going to bed and I was reading my book. And then all of a sudden I remember one night, I specifically remember sitting there and being like, I'm doing homework. Yeah. In bed. In bed. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, oh, that's really nice. So like when I was doing this podcast, it was like, well, I can't enjoy doing this podcast before I finish doing the housework or before I finish doing Mm. these things that I just don't really enjoy doing so much Mm -hmm. because I can't reward myself like Mm -hmm. that until I've earned it. Yeah, Yeah, maybe that's what it is. You just talked it through. It's an earning problem. Yep. I haven't earned this. Yeah. And that is how I feel about my relationship with Tash. And that's how I feel about my relationship with Sean. So it's like, it feels, I've, there's a, a level of guilt. And I can imagine as a, a parent, it would be all the more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But there's, <laughs> there is like this, um, I'm not adult enough yet to have found the right relationship. Yeah. I'm not financially stable enough. I'm not at the place I want to be in my work. I'm not as clean and tidy as I'd like to be. Mm. I don't wash my hair enough times a week. Like there's like I wash my hair like twice a week. Yeah, like max twice a week. <laughs> like but that's what I mean like I'm not I'm not adulty enough to be in this what is frankly an adult relationship for the maybe the first time in my life. Mm. And even though I've been an adult in relationships in the past, they're not adult relationships. We're playing house. We're not, it's not, it's what, it's, it's like I want it to be what the movies is, but the movies is, there's supposed to be conflict in movies. Like there's supposed to be, the entertaining part is the fact that it's really hard to stay together. And so when you get to a place where it's just like, oh, I'm just really comfortable with you. And I really, like without trying to like new relationship honeymoon it, it's not like, it's not like, oh, she's the bestest and the best in the whole world and has zero flaws. Like, to be fair, she's fairly flawless to me. But there's, <laughs> but it's like, I don't know. We're just like two adults living our lives side by side and and choosing to participate in each other's lives. And we're not asking either person to be less. And we're always boosting each other to be more knowing or perhaps fearing that the more I boost you, the more out of my league you become. Mm. And maybe you'll figure it out. But then she's doing the same thing to me. And I'm becoming a better version 
than I was before, not the least of which is being honest in public about who I am. And this this is something that's actually a little scary for me. So I, I came out to my mom when I was... It must have been like three years ago. Okay. Two or three years ago, I came out to my mom. <laughs> we tell the story differently. Okay. I feel like I didn't do it well uh, because I just kind of exploded at her. And uh, she thinks her version of the story is that she pushed me there because she knew I had something to say. Um, but as you know, I grew up in a pretty uh, religious household mm-hmm. and uh, my mom loves me to the depths of her toes, but we disagree on a, a number of topics, not the least of which is whether or not homosexuality is wrong. And I came out to her because she kept pu- pushing and prodding me about this this girl um, who she thought liked me and like, you got to be careful, you got to be careful, you got to be careful. And I just, I kind of lost it in the moment and was like, you know, I'm bi, right? And there was like this huge pause. And she was like, I mean, I can't say I'm surprised. And I was like, right. So if she liked me and I liked her, I just ask her out and that would be that. Like trying, if I'm being honest, to shock her. Like trying to like, I don't know. It had been bottled for so long. Yeah. That I, I don't, I think I was trying to be a little hurtful with it, which is not who I am as a person in general. But We took a little time and it was a little rocky for a minute. And then truthfully, because I'm bi and because the plague of the bi girl is that society makes it more comfortable for me to be with men. I understand men better and they're kind of more readily available to me, frankly, as a bi woman. Um, Right. Yeah. Okay. Which can be annoying. Um, (laughs) But because of that, like three years went by where it just wasn't really an issue. It was a thing that we both knew and I had expressed, but we didn't really talk about it. And I think she just kind of hoped that just eventually it settled with a guy and we wouldn't really have to worry about it. And right. if I'm being honest, I kind of hoped that I would just settle with a guy and we wouldn't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then mildly hilariously, uh, I started talking to Tash and as she, as I was getting ready to go on my first date with her, which was a bit of a group date, it was really cute. We went, uh, to the, uh, haunted corn maze in Truro. That sounds like the most terrifying thing ever. Oh, it was hilarious. And also, <laughs> and she will be mortified that I'm saying this okay. on the radio, cool. uh, <laughs> but, but, uh, she like pre-sold herself as like, to be totally honest, I'm, I'm a pretty girly girl. I'm dresses every day. And she's more of the like, to look at us, she's the one who's more like typically lesbian looking, plaid and jeans and and chucks. And okay. she looks lovely in a dress. Uh, <laughs> but between the two of us, if you were going to try and quantify us, and don't do that, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but if you were to try and con- quantify us into like, who's the guy and who's the girl, she would be like the protector. And okay. that's how she sold herself to me. She was like, because I, I was worried I was going to be terrified. Right. She was like, I got you. I'm going to protect you. If I've got to carry you through the whole thing, I'll do it. This was not what happened in reality. <laughs> <laughs> the look that you gave me too was just like the eye contact, your eyes like widened. And it was like a very matter of fact point that just happened True. there. This is not what happened. It is not what happened. Okay. We, first of all, she was terrified before we got in the maze. <laughs> that would be she, me. Yeah, she misidentified a woman dressed in a nun costume as a random dude and kept calling her sir. <laughs> until eventually the lady was like, I'm, I'm a woman and I'm dressed like a nun. 
And she was like, I thought you just had a blanket. And then yeah. we got in. We didn't even make it to the, like a, a series of like creepy little houses that you go to. <sighs> We'd barely gotten into the first one. And we're surrounded by people who are like specifically crowding us to like freak us out. And they're dressed like zombies. And there is no like pause. And she's <sighs> like, wait, wait, wait. Hang on, hang on. I have to tie my shoe. I was like, no, there's. There's no stopping. Like, we need to. We need to go. And she's like, she's like, no, 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 no. Just don't attack me for a second. And they're obviously attacking. Like nobody's hitting us, but they're like, like in our space and find it hilarious. And she just keeps squealing and is terrified the whole time. Like it's just. Anyway, so we're getting, I'm getting ready for that. And we made it a bit of a group thing. I brought a couple of friends. Bless Tash that she showed up to a haunted maze, which I picked her up in Kenville for with my friends already in the car and then drove us all to Truro. And bless her, she showed up and stayed. And uh, I maybe would not have. But, um, <laughs> but it was like this cute little group thing. And as we were getting ready, I was getting ready with a good friend of mine who was doing her makeup in the bathroom. And I just hopped in the shower because I don't care. Right. And so I did that and my mom was kind of coming in and out and uh, and then she kind of left without saying anything, which was strange. And uh, we had to stop by to like, I think, grab some mittens or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, we got down there and even my friend was like, is your mom all right? Like, she seems ticked off. Like, what's going on? It's like, I don't know. Like, my mom's not generally uh, like anger is not her for emotion she doesn't generally snip or snap and she certainly didn't say anything that was mean or cruel but she's generally a very warm person and that wasn't what we were getting and okay we just kind of chose to dismiss it and went about our date it was lovely whatever and several days later um my mom works up the guts to go while I was here you you got in a shower with another girl and I was like what are you oh no no, that's not at all what happened. <laughs> I was just, she was doing her makeup and we don't care. And I got in the shop. No, that's not. The bathroom door was still open. No, nothing happened. <laughs> um, and she was like, oh, okay. And I was like, well, this is my moment. And so I basically had to come out to my mom a second time to be like this thing that we kind of swept under the rug and just don't really talk about. Yeah. By the way, I'm seeing this girl and she's pretty spectacular and it seems like it might become a thing. And it, I just want you to kind of be prepared for that. And since then, um, there are still good chunks of my deeper family who don't live near me, who don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and I've, I, that's something I really struggle with in my relationship because I feel like I'm closeting her a little bit, which is not something that I want. I'm out with all my friends. I'm out with all my coworkers. I'm like, it's not something I think about on a regular basis except for social media because right. there are members of my family for whom this would not be an easily let go of thing. And I'm, while I don't, um, there's a certain part of me like as a feminist and as an LGBTQ, AI plus, et cetera, um, hmm. community member. Wait, AI, what does that stand for? Oh, so it's technically, it's supposed to be, uh, now the order in which it lands depends on which group you're part of. But oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's uh, 2S LGBTQAI plus and I maybe missed one. Ooh, Mark's back. Hi, Mark. Hey, Mark. Um, so two spirit, 
uh, lesbian, LG, gay, LG, B, bi, uh, T, trans, Q, queer, A is asexual, okay. and I is intersex. Um, and then plus, though some of those acronyms, if I'm being totally honest, I think also have some like uh, like overlap. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the Q gets dropped a lot. Q has kind of become the word that you can use if you're part of the queer community. But probably if you are not queer, you shouldn't just be like you're queer, right? Uh, so queer gets dropped out quite a bit. Okay. Um, but as 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 a feminist and as an activist for the community. Um, I've completely lost my train of thought. Uh, family members. Oh, not right. There's, media, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's, as, as those two things, there's a certain part of me that wants to say, you know what, if you don't accept me as who I am, then you're welcome to relieve yourself of my presence. Right. Um, and certainly anybody else who is facing that kind of discrimination within their own family, I would frankly encourage to do so. Um, but... The truth is that that's more complicated than that. Mm -hmm. And it isn't really just about me, but about my mom's relationship with those people. Yeah. And also some of these people are quite elderly and there's a certain amount of, I'm never gonna turn them around. It's not gonna be one of these things where it's like, now that I have a gay person in my life, you know, that'll be, that'll be, it's changed my whole perspective. And I, that's not what's gonna happen here. Mm -hmm. And without trying to be crass or cruel, there's only a certain amount of time kind of remaining to them and is it helpful to them and is it helpful for me to have that argument or can I just kind of let sleeping dogs lie until sleeping dogs aren't sleeping anymore right um and so it makes me really nervous and uh and so being here and talking about Tash is is already a little strange for me yeah um but also like this chick is pretty fantastic and I I never want her to feel like like I'm ashamed of her and beyond all that what I've discovered in the years since we've lived together mm -hmm. is that the more I kind of own who I am own the aspects of me that might be a little controversial, particularly to the way I was brought up, mm -hmm. um, own my body and what makes me feel beautiful and sexy and um, like I'm really presenting the best version of myself. The more I learn myself and kind of get to a place and maybe it's a 30s thing where you just kind of go, you know what, if I'm not your cup of tea, thank you, next. Like I, you have such a beautiful voice. <laughs> thank you. But there's like, there's like a little bit of like, as I learn that the better my mental health is or the better my ability to navigate my own mental health and trust myself that I know what's best for me, mm. um, the stronger that gets. And then I get in days like, frankly, like this specific moment where I do feel really strong. And just yesterday, I didn't feel really strong. Just yesterday, I left work early because I was so full of anxiety that I couldn't sit still and do my job anymore. Mm. And and I think coming to a place, uh, and I'm now starting to branch into a different topic, but I think coming to a place where um, you can stop feeling um, guilty and like a failure because your mental health journey isn't a straight line because mm. I'm doing the things I should be doing. I'm taking my meds. I'm taking time by myself. I'm doing self-care routine. I'm doing all those things. Doesn't mean that I'm never going to hit a low again. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that it's never going to be tough. Doesn't mean I'll never be unable to shower. Doesn't mean I won't be curled in a, in a ball in my bed crying for literally no reason. Mm -hmm. um, 
and not allowing my brain to tell myself when I'm in those moments that I'm failing as my own mental health advocate, which only adds to that weight. Yeah. The better I kind of get at that, the more I know myself and beyond just knowing myself, allowing other people to know me as that whole person instead of as the two dimensional facade that I create for them. Yes. I was actually just thinking about that the other day about how we can like, yes, we build up this person that we believe is acceptable to the Mm -hmm. people, the other people in our lives that we really feel like we want to keep in our lives. Nice bite-sized pieces. Right. Yeah. And so I was thinking about that. And then I was thinking about like some people that I've met along the way who I assumed when meeting them that it was going to be a very like we would have a very brief moment of our lives together Mm -hmm. and then we'd both move in our own directions and for like kind of forget about each other and so then I've used that as an opportunity to kind of unload Mm -hmm. some of who I really am yeah and then as a byproduct I've become really close with those people and we are very fond of each other us included exactly Yeah. yeah exactly it's just kind of like oh oh yeah okay as it turns out I'm quite acceptable Uh, You are too. And I'm very like, I like this. And hilariously, I mean, particularly when we talk about you and I, because that's exactly what it was supposed to be. You and I, (laughs) frankly, that was what Tash and I were supposed to be too. Okay. Um, But the facade that we created that we thought was going to be acceptable to the other person was actually the thing that kept us apart. Yeah. Yes. And (laughs) once that facade got dropped, it was like, oh, you weren't who I thought you were at all. I really like this person. Yes. And it actually took you taking that first step and being like, okay, you know, I'm just going to get, I'm just going to be honest with you right here. I thought that you were like this. Yeah. Yeah. And then you like, you kind of said it to me and whatever. And then I was sitting there and I was just like, oh my gosh, I totally thought you were like that too. Yeah. And that was, (laughs) that was the thing. And it was like, and now we've got. Now we've got the thing that like people love to write memes about. Like, I love those friendships where you can just like pick back up like nothing. Ha- and that's yeah. exactly what it that's is. That's totally, yeah. And it's like, frankly, we're, we're now on the record. Mark is here too. We're going to spend time together. Okay. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> like this is getting just foolish. Also, can I admit to you? Yeah. That I'm getting a little bit of the Scottish glow. The Scottish glow? Yeah. It has another name that I'm not allowed to say because I'm not part of that cultural group. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah. So when I have, so when I start having a, we're, we're, we're having some adult beverages while we talk. I don't know if we're allowed to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, um, we're having some adult beverages while we talk and, um, there's a thing that happens in the in-between. So when I'm not drunk, I'm fine. Not drunk, but when I'm not having anything to drink, I'm fine. Right. When I am drunk, I'm fine. But when I've just had a little bit, I get really sweaty. Yes. <laughs> and as I'm sure you can see, I'm flushed and hot. And that's where I am in this moment. So we're just snuggling in a studio and I'm slowly getting redder, despite the fact that I in no way feel any effects of alcohol, except for the fact that I'm hot <laughs> and uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, <coughs> honestly, I didn't notice until. Oh, really? Yeah. And now my until, like my blue is leaking onto my forehead. My hair is blue, and your it's hair is leaking blue. onto my forehead. I can't see it leaking onto your forehead. <gasps> yes. And I didn't notice that you were getting any sort of glow on until oh. you started like kind of doing the, yeah. the whole like, grabbing your shirt yeah. and like. Airing. I'm uncomfy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now it's making me feel. Uh, I'm getting that empathetic, uncomfortable. Warmth yeah. For funsies. Yeah, just for the fun of it. 
I have a thing where if I feel like I said something kind of embarrassing and sure. then other people keep looking at me, then I start to sweat from the face. Yeah. And then and then I'm like, oh, no, they're going to notice I'm sweating from the face, which makes me sweat from the face even more. Yeah. 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 It's yeah, yeah. the worst. 100%. I felt it coming on a while back and I was like, don't do this to me right now. And then the more I thought about it, like the stickier I became and like my blue is coming off on the table and on my nail. Yeah. It's it's no good. Um, <laughs> may I take a hard left turn? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Just because I said that I would tell you about it earlier and the then spoons. I, the spoons yes okay so if you're unaware of spoon theory don't be become aware of spoon theory because it's the best possible way for anybody who uh, deals with uh, chronic anxiety and depression or frankly any chronic illness at all okay um we're talking about the invisible kind so for people with like real I'm not talking about you get nervous sometimes I'm talking about actual anxiety that springs out of nowhere and is literally your body um, just and dumping a load of adrenaline into your system. Yeah, as, it's like entering the fight or flight mode. Yeah, it's fight, like fight or freeze mode. Flight, yeah. fight or freeze. And I'm a freezer. Yeah. Um, so uh, for those of us for whom it is invisible, often, as I'm sure you've experienced, um, when you uh, try to make plans with people, you tend to be a little bit flaky, not on purpose. No, it's just, yeah. But you yeah. tend to not, you'll because you're in a great mood while you're having the conversation, and yes, let's get together, and it will be awesome, and then that day comes, and you're in your bed, and you've maybe had a little bit of marijuana, and you don't wanna, <laughs> like, move. You just wanna live there. Um, and so you flake and those friends who don't deal with chronic illness um, maybe don't uh, understand. They just think you're flaky or that you don't really want to spend time with them or undependable. And uh, yeah. they have all these ways. Yeah, of, exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's certainly not the truth. We are at home beating ourselves up about it. Yeah. Um, so there was a, a woman. It's it's my understanding is that this this woman was at a dinner party with her friend um, and she was trying to explain to her friend like you should really take it as a sign of my affection that I'm here because it it isn't easy for me to be here. And she was like, well, explain it to me. And she's like, okay. And so it was a dinner party. So they had just like a, a, a cup of spoons. And so she grabbed the cup and she counted them out. And I don't remember how many there were, but let's say there was 10. And she gave them to her friend. She's like, okay, this these are the spoons you have for the day. Everything that you do, costs spoons every single thing so walk me through your day and start paying me spoons and she's like okay i uh get up and get ready for work she's like whoa ba back up i got up and get ready for work that's not one thing that's multiple things that's you turned off your alarm you pulled the blankets off of yourself you put your feet on the floor you wash your face you brush your teeth you wash your hair you got ready you chose your outfit you put it on you fed the dog you ate breakfast and you walked out the door all of those cost spoons, every single one of them, because I'm in pain. For her, it was it was chronic pain, but I'm in pain. So putting on my socks is not just putting on my socks the way it is for you. It takes effort, and I'm sometimes out of breath by the time I'm done. And I haven't even gotten to work yet, and I've already spent, whatever, three spoons. Okay, so you spend three spoons, and now you're at work. Okay, what do you do next? Okay, I do my work day, and then I go home. Back up. What is work? What are those things? You're talking to coworkers. You're for me. You're talking mm -hmm. to coworkers. I'm I'm in a particular position where I need to talk to customers all day long. My job is to talk on the phone, which we've already covered causes me anxiety. Um, mm -hmm. I'm I need to find the appropriate food and have it be good for me if at all possible. Mm -hmm. I need to get through the whole day and then I need to get myself from work to home. 
all of these cost foods. So start laying those down. By the time I get home, now I need to cook supper. Now I need to feed my cat. I need to interact with my roommate. I need, it's Monday night, so I need to call my girlfriend. Mm. All of those things cost spoons. If we had 10 spoons, we're well out of spoons by now. Mm-hmm. And now I get a text from my friend who's like, hey, remember we had plants tonight. Do you want to come out? Yeah, I've had that. I've had that. And then it's like the dread that comes over you. Right. So now we have two options. Mm-hmm. You can say, dude, I'm out of spoons. I'm sorry. I got nothing. I, I can't today. I'm out of spoons. Or you can borrow tomorrow's spoons for today. You can choose to go, okay, I flicked on Ruth the last three times. Can't flake her on her today. I'm just going to suck it up. I'm going to go out and I'm going to do it anyway. And truthfully, I'm probably going to get there and I'm going to have a good time. And by the time I'm there, yeah. I'm all right. Right. Yeah. yeah. But by the time I get home, mm-hmm. oh, I'm underground. I'm exhausted. And now tomorrow when I get up, I still only had 10 spoons for tomorrow. Yeah. And I've used three of them. Yeah. So now I only have seven spoons for today and I still have to do everything today that I did yesterday. Yeah. And so now I'm having trouble getting out of bed. Now I'm having trouble getting into work. Now I'm having trouble putting makeup on in the morning. Now I'm having trouble. So when you have, so now I found that that communication, that when people understand the idea of spoon theory, yeah. that now when my mom says to me, hey, do you want to have supper together? And I go, I'm sorry, man, I'm just, I'm out of spoons. There's no, there's no, like, I've got to explain myself. I need to come up with an excuse or even just like, I don't have it today. Doesn't quite have the visceral I've spent my spoons today. Yeah. I'm out. That is a very good way of putting it because it's like, yeah, sometimes when people say like, well, I just don't have it today. You're just like, what? You just don't have it? Well, like, can't you just find it? Like, what's wrong with you that you just don't have it? Yeah. And And then also if like on a day like today, so today was supposed to be, and I've I've messed it up now, (laughs) but today was supposed to be my big rest day. So I was going to like, no, it's okay. Thank you for using um, tomorrow's spoons. It's cool. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm going to use tomorrow's spoons. (laughs) And now that I'm here, it's actually really nice and I'm gaining a couple spoons, but it's, it's one of those things where it's like, today was supposed to be my day off. I filled it because I very rarely have a day off. And so I'm getting housework done and I'm I wash my hair and I'm out seeing people and I'm going to go get my nails done and all these things. And I filled it. And so then at the end of today, anybody would be reasonably go, you had today off. Right. Like, except I used all my spoons. Yeah. And also, truthfully, even if I hadn't done all that, I've been using tomorrow's spoons all week long. Yeah. So I've hit Friday and have no spoons, period, to even start the day. Yeah. So I'm just going to keep my butt in bed all day. Yeah. And then I'm going to get to the end and so I'm just going to go, do you want to hang out? And I'm going to be like, I still don't have any spoons. Right. I didn't at the beginning of the day. I don't now. And if I want to still have tomorrow be a fresh start, then I need to not spend any spoons today. See what I mean? Yes, so, that's a beautiful way of putting it. And I not love just that. for other people, but for myself as well. Because yeah, I yeah. don't feel guilty about not having spoons. I had 10. I don't now. I use them all. Yeah. As opposed to I'm just weak and I yes. can't just work a normal day and then go out with my friends the same way everybody does. Yes. So I'm weak and I'm awful. And now my brain is telling me lies, which is only making it worse. And I don't know if this happens to you. Okay. But I have like uh, like a Russian nesting doll of mental health problems. Ooh, I, I like the way that you put that too. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, so what happens is the anxiety begins uh-huh. and then my brain starts to tell me lies. It starts to tell me I'm a failure. Mm-hmm. It starts to tell me that I should literally ask them to remove my uh, recent promotion because I don't deserve it. I, uh, I'm, Congratulations on the promotion. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not normal. I'm weak. I'm awful. I'm ugly. And 
I'm bringing Tash down and I should probably break up with her. So it starts telling me all these lies. And I know they're lies while it's happening, Mm -hmm. despite the fact of how true it feels. I know it's happening. Yeah. And so then Russian doll number two comes apart where I start beating myself up for beating myself up. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So I'll start going, listen, you know better than this. You know that those are lies. Why are you believing them? Just don't believe them. Put on your shoes and get out. Why can't you just get out? Why can't you just believe it? Yes. And then I start beating myself up about beating myself up about beating myself up. Yes. And it's just now I'm down a whole thing and (laughs) there's no real way to fix it until the adrenaline gets out of my blood. But when I start talking about spoons, Mm -hmm. when I stop it being about I'm weak and I'm a failure and start going, I just don't have spoons today. I just don't have spoons. That has nothing to do with me. That's part of my chronic illness that I'm dealing with. Yeah. And I just don't have spoons. Okay. I'll go. What do I need to do to find spoons? Okay. I am going to go get my nails done today. I am for me. For me, it is. Unfortunately, I wish it wasn't all the stereotypical bubble bath stuff, but it really is for me. Um, For some people, it isn't that for Tash. It's walking in nature Mm. Uh, for my mom. It's completing a project. So it's it's whatever is going to work for you. But when my issue is I'm at a fuel. Yeah. What can I do to get more fuel as opposed to why you're at a fuel fuel? Why didn't you get more fuel? Why didn't you? It's just like this terrible circle. Yeah. But I find that spoon theory is great, not only in expressing myself to other people, but kind of cutting the inner voice. Yeah. Shutting off the speakers and just going, okay, so today you have a joint and you lay down. Cool. That's what you got today. Enjoy. Yeah. Like you might as well enjoy it while you're in it because tomorrow it's not your option. So today let's build some spoons. Let's build some spoons. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I I have some guilt around how I get my spoons or build my spoons because it's expensive. How do you build your spoons? Okay, so this is how I build my spoons. But you know what? It is in a variety of ways. Sure. And I actually had a really interesting conversation with Christiane Conlin, okay. um, who's actually going to be coming out. Uh, th- when this podcast com- comes out, it will be will have been last week. Okay. So um, she and her and I were talking about different ways of self-care. Sure. And so there there are a variety of like, you know, right? Like there are so many different ways, like different forms of self-care. And so when you're kind of like helping maintain yourself, Mm -hmm. then your self-care can just kind of stay like pretty like minimal, but um, frequent. Sure. And therefore effective. Yeah. And then, but then of course you, it's good to throw in that little extra thing to kind of help build some spoons because I think- what particularly if you can do it in the future if you can give yourself something to look forward to yes yeah that's what it is yep. so so um basically if i've reached if i haven't had the chance to maintain mm-hmm. myself and so i've i'm already borrowing spoons from next week for mm-hmm. today then the way that i can like build some spoons is by going to the spa and getting a facial Oh, nice. Because it's like the touching of the face Mm -hmm. and like, it's just like, and it makes me feel really fresh and glowy. By a third party who doesn't need to talk to you. Yes. I have no responsibility to that person. Yep. And I am very much okay to lay there and not say a word. Mm -hmm. Uh, Usually I will, I will give them a disclaimer anyway at the beginning, just like saying like, I'm pretty tired. I might just kind of like. Drift off. Yeah. (laughs) And I have actually fallen asleep. Delightful. It's the best. And so that's one thing. Or getting my hair done. Sure. So because then again, it's like, you know, having my hair played with. I haven't had my hair cut in four years. (gasps) No, really? This is me growing out of pixie, man. (gasps) 
Yeah, it's time. I really need to. I just, I keep, literally every paycheck, I'm like, this time I'm going to go get my hair cut. <laughs> and, and then like, I, mm, it yeah. just doesn't happen. No, but I totally feel, but uh, uh, a facial is how much? So depending on where you go, I sure. actually just found a place. Um, so to get a, uh, what's it called? Derma, derma. Oh, they're like planing. scraping off the screen. Yeah. Derma planing is 50 bucks. Okay. So I get my nails done every every two weeks okay because they grow out like crazy yeah you have nice nails i think they are fake um cool. <laughs> that's not true they're real underneath um but nice. uh and that cost me 40 okay which and i'm like i specifically have to budget for that if i'm gonna make all my bills yes yeah but for me uh having my nails done in part because i am a recovering nail biter which okay. i also beat myself up for Oh. Um, so when they look nice and when they are kind of freshly done, I feel more put together as a person. Yes. And so um, as much as I in no way believe that anybody has to like step for themselves to be beautiful in any way. And certainly I, I you guys can't see me, but I do not look step for at all. <laughs> um, but you look punk rock. Yeah, I'm a little. I've got a little like. Uh, I'm hoping. I'm aiming for a little bit of like a pastel goth thing. I was gonna say. I was actually gonna say punk rock slash fairy. Yeah, because it's like it's typically. I'm wearing pants today, but these are literally like my only pair of pants. Everything I wear is a dress daily, as you know. You're like a goth. You're a gothic Tinkerbell. Yeah. That's yeah, that's kind of true. Only don't think black, think pastels. But yeah. it's yeah, yeah. But it is, it's like a, a slightly alternative look without having face tattoos. Right. Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's but I'll go get my nails done and it just makes me I am that for me is a little bit of maintenance. That's not the like big thing. That's okay. like that's the one last thing, one thing off my plate that I don't need to worry about. And I feel put together and I but those and also for me, and this is uh well, I've touched on it slightly. For me, the medication mm -hmm. of marijuana use mm -hmm. on a daily basis, I'm not, I'm still maybe blowing two grams, like I'm blowing about a gram a week. So it's not that much. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, oh, for those who don't know, a gram a week would not be very much if you're using daily. Okay. Um, it's like okay. a seventh of a gram every day. Um, okay. But uh, for me, um, specifically the use of THC, not CBD, um creates a place where my brain kind of detaches from my body a little bit mm -hmm. and so all those anxieties that my brain is trying to tell my body about that's dumping adrenaline into my system instead of doing that mm -hmm. now it just kind of rolls i call it an out of pain experience it's like i can see it i can see all the triggers i know they're being triggered mm -hmm. but i can't really feel it and so i can kind of deal with it in that moment and so i find if i'm doing that every day yeah. for a little bit, then I get to kind of deal with it as it comes. Whereas I know that as an example, my mom is pretty old school as we've discovered. Um, <laughs> and I know that the fact that I smoke marijuana bothers my mom quite a bit. Okay. Um, Cause it feels like drug use. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And it yeah. does. And so like, that's what it feels like to her. So sometimes I'll go on this thing where I'm like, I'm going to be a good girl and I'm not going to smoke anything for a whole week. And I'm, and I'm mm, just to show I'm not addicted. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'll do that. And there is no physical symptom of like, I'm Jones and man, like there's none of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but what I'll find is by the time I get to the end of my week mm -hmm. and I have a little joint or whatever, 
I've got so much backlogged stuff in my head that needs to be dealt with. Yeah. That it's just like I come out of it exhausted. I'm just like, oh, and I'm also like slowly kind of unwinding the yeah. week not in a good like i'm unwinding you know like no, like okay. a like a like a gear i'm slowly <laughs> unwinding as the week goes on because i haven't had the time to deal with whatever the normal daily stresses that everybody deals with and just deals with however they do they chat with their husband they get it off their chest and whatever my partner's not with me daily and even so i don't restore that way yes so yeah. so for me having that moment to kind of deal with oh a manager in the building snapped at me today yeah. And called me rude. And I'm really like, I'm really not a rude person. No, you're not. And it really bothers me to be thought of as a rude person. And that's like messing with my system. But then I'll have a little bit of THC, hit the system. And I'm like, oh, yeah, except everybody can have a bad day. And he sniffed at me because he was probably having a bad day. And yeah. he's been dealing with some rude customers. And now, whatever, he took it out on me. And Projected. that's okay. Yeah. And I can see that logically and let it go before I kind of hit my normal consciousness again. Yeah. It's all kind of dealt, dealt with, with. You yeah. know what I mean? And there has been an element of releasing guilt that I need that. And also releasing guilt that I need my regular meds that keep my my system running as yeah. it should and there is like when we talk about meds and we talk about the fear that they're gonna change my personality yeah that was all there though it didn't mm -hmm. um I felt like they actually just brought out who I was yeah, yeah they made it possible for me to like keep my head above water yeah that's not the case for everybody and everybody should find their own thing yes but there was an element there was a big element of why am I so weak that I need to take these meds to have a good mood yeah what yeah to to have the basics to have the ba i'm not even talking about like i think people think that like you'll you'll start taking meds it's like you'll never not be happy again that's not what it is no. just like now i have normal ups and lows highs and lows as opposed to the insanity that was before yes where the lows were i literally want to die yep and the highs were so high and so manic and so like let's do all the things right now this is the best feeling i've ever had i've never been so in love with a person as i am with you and and the thing that also happens is like when you're up that higher like this doesn't happen very often so i better just enjoy it as yeah. much as i can right now yeah yeah and then you crash yourself by accident yeah and there was like this whole guilt that came with that and and taking that time and i still feel that guilt sometimes mm -hmm. but getting to a place where where you can just be like and I know we use this analogy a lot, but it's it works. It's true. Nobody. I'm also diabetic, but nobody would would say to a diabetic, "Why are you so weak that you need insulin?" Yeah, like, my body just doesn't produce insulin, so I take insulin. My body just doesn't produce serotonin, so I take a pill that allows me to. Or to be fair, it does produce serotonin, just doesn't uptake it. But so I take I take a pill that allows me to uptake the serotonin that my body is producing and puts a little blocker on random adrenaline bumps because there's no need for fight or flight in general everyday life in Halifax. <laughs> like this is not yeah. the Congo in the middle of the jungle where I'm being chased by a tiger or, you know, the terrible things that people face. There is a perfectly reasonable use for adrenaline. This is not it. <laughs> and, and finding finding the way. Taking ways. the blankets off of myself in the morning is not a good reason for no. that adrenaline to kick in. No, yeah. Like yeah. getting feedback from somebody who, that's maybe not super positive, but that's like, hey, listen, so this thing that you did, let's go back to that conversation from the other side. When somebody says to you, hey, that thing you just did, 
really made me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. A normal person would feel like a little flustered. Yeah. That's normal. Mm-hmm. But I get a little flustered and then I feel like a garbage human who doesn't deserve friendships of any kind. Yeah. That is not a reasonable reaction to what's <laughs> happening. To what's truly happening. And so finding, releasing myself from the guilt of needing those, we've been talking forever, of needing those No, no, um, no. Don't even feel that things. way. I think Sean just kind of needs something. Yeah. Uh, Answer that call. Keep your healthy relationships. Your iPhone, by the way, is, a, I mean, your phone of an indeterminate brand is <laughs> a beautiful color of red. Yeah, I love red. I, that's my favorite color, red. Oh, that's so nice. A lot of people, I think people have some red shame. Because it's like they associate it with like being like. No, I think, I don't know what it is. I think like maybe when we were kids that, or maybe just that time in life, because we're of a similar age, like red was the color. The, yeah. And so then everybody was like, oh no, red's not my favorite color. Parable's my favorite color. <laughs> and so like nobody, nobody wants to admit red love anymore. So I'm here for you to admit red love. <laughs> Thank you so much. I love red. I love red. I uh, constantly search for the color of red that will look good on me. Yeah, like a little bit of a blue undertone. You don't want yeah, that like bright fire I engine. I can't have the bright fire engine that doesn't suit my skin tone. Yeah. The cold red, the cool so, undertone red. Let's be real. If if there are some of you out there who are listening who have somehow managed to never see a picture of Ruth, she would look fine in any color red. Oh. And also any color ever and a paper bag would do just fine. (laughs) Candy. It's true. Oh, no. (laughs) Dear world. She hates being called candy. (laughs) (laughs) She's like the only person. (laughs) The whole time that we lived together, hey, candy. And she's just like, don't. (laughs) You're letting me live in your house, so I'm going to allow it for now. But I'm not there anymore. <laughs> to be honest, again, I'm not sure you can edit this out if it's not allowed. There's something about being called candy and being above an A cup. <laughs> like I just I can't. People are gonna think I work in a call center. I don't I work in insurance. It's like as far from a stripper as one could possibly be. That's what I am. But there's you can't be you can't be called candy and be above an A cup. No, just, you can't. No, you can't. Cause I'm it's like, like having the name I, Cinnamon. <laughs> Or like destiny or De- chastity. Right. Chastity. It's like, like you're just feeling like a stripper. Whatever that song is. <laughs> Somebody come get her. And like, I mean, if that's, but your, also, if that's your boat. If that's your jam, don't nobody come get you. Exactly. Rock your style. Yeah, you do I believe in your you. thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But if you're not going to want to, like, if you're kind of like, no, that's not what I do. And please don't get that impression. Like, don't yeah. make assumptions. No, don't make assumptions. Like, let's Listen, not make it. Like, you know, sometimes I dress like a candy and I'm proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just saying that I was about to say I can't really show up to work that way, but that's not really true. My particular work does not really care. Yeah. Okay. People yeah. frequently wear Uggs and like bathrobes to my job. Bathrobes? Honestly. So when I went to my uh, interview, only it wasn't actually my interview. It was a very confusing thing. Anyway, okay. when I went to my interview, because I'm already kind of a bougie chick, I yeah. have a tendency to dress up anyway. Yeah. And it was a job interview. So I was like, extra on point yeah and uh i'm sitting there because i'm early because again that's who i am yeah and uh i was sitting there for like an hour waiting for my interview and um people kept passing me by in like uggs and and uh house coats and i was <laughs> like, like wait, am i at a I job or a hotel wildly overdressed <laughs> for this job wildly <laughs> overdressed the people who inter- who interviewed me were also for the most part wearing like yoga gear which 
congratulations. That's delightful. Um, <laughs> yep. And now, truthfully, to be fair, it's a year later and I'm just now like the dress girl. So I still wear dresses. But it's really funny because people are like, I don't understand how you wear dresses every day. I'm like, it feels like pajamas. Yeah, it's comfortable. I'm cheating. You all think I'm dressing up. But what I'm doing is I only have to put on one article of clothing <laughs> and you need to put on like six. So I'm just going to wear this dress, which basically feels like a nightgown. And I'm going to take off my shoes and I'm and, gonna and you're going to help people like with insurance. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Okay. We should probably stop talking. Soon. Yeah, we got to wrap it up. I have to go get my kids oh. in like 10 minutes. What time is so it? It's, it's 20 after 2. Oh, 2 19. Sweet. Yeah, that's right. Because you are going to have some uh, self maintenance done. Yeah, some self maintenance. And I'm excited because these these bad boys are, well, I don't know what's going on. People's nails should not grow this fast. But look at that. There's like, oh, wow. That's two weeks. Yeah, that's some fast nail growth. What? Look at you go. Uh, my mom just sent me, just as a as a, a finisher. Yeah. Uh, my mom just sent me a message. <laughs> and I feel this so hard. Okay. Uh, and you probably should too. She sure. says, life goal achieved. Oh, nugget. Just one second. Um, she, I opened my phone by accident. Um, life goal achieved today. Someone asked me to get something on a higher shelf for them. Hosea. <laughs> I never get the things off the top shelf. <laughs> when I lived at your house, I had to get on the stools nine times out of ten. And I remember, I remember you asked me to get something. You're like, oh, I need to get it. And then I went up and I just grabbed it. And you looked at me and you were just like, how did you? <laughs> yeah. And you're not actually that I'm much not, taller than me. I'm not. I'm not. See, I give the impression of being taller you than do. I am. I think it's I'm the not general. that tall. This is going to be a bad word, but uh, it's like the general lankiness to you makes you feel I'm taller. Lanky. I am lanky, and that's and it does. I have long legs, long limbs, long limbs on a thin torso, and so it just totally gives so the it impression. Makes you seem yeah, but I'm actually like I'm kind of on the taller end of average, but I'm not. What are you like tall. five six? Uh five six five seven. I've gotten different okay. measurements. Yeah. So even that's not like crazy. Like no, it's not like I would say you're like five tall. seven five eight is where you start being a tall, tall girl. girl. I'm not there. No, you're like you're an average I'm, height girl. Yeah, I think but I'm with like, long limbs. Yeah. So then it's just kind of like, and I get it all the time. People, I get it all the time. People are like, "Oh, you're shorter than I thought." Yeah, I literally did that to you as we walked in you the room, and we've known each other for seven years. For a long time, <laughs> a long time. We spent time you know together in our pajamas yeah you think that i would know how tall you were but yeah. to be fair i'm short and i just have an assumption that everybody is right. really well tall. that would make sense because i'm only like i say i'm five three but i'm beginning to discover that either i'm shrinking as i get older or uh -oh. i'm actually more like five two <laughs> my mom there thinks she's five two but she's actually more like four eleven so let's Oof. be real yeah we did this actually at thanksgiving and we're still talking we did this thing at thanksgiving mm -hmm. uh where we actually looked up what makes an official little person oh and technically she meets the standard oh your mom's a little person my mom is technically a little person Aww. do you put her in your pocket i wish i could put my mom that, in my pocket. right that would be pretty cool particularly if i could put her in her pocket and then she could just pack my lunches <laughs> you take her out to pack take her, her out to pack my lunch yeah i'll be like i'm at work and she can pack my lunch and then i'll tuck her back in my pocket <laughs> that's not true my mom is delightful and i appreciate that sometimes when i am spoon low she will make my lunch and like leave me a note like a four-year-old but that's, i'm much that's really sweet to be fair i'm much more appreciative now than when i was four it used to be like oh mom why'd you write the note now i'm like why didn't you write a note i want 
<laughs> yeah. Would have made my day. <laughs> my kids are starting. Okay. So yeah, as, as far as the packing lunch thing goes, cause I still pack my lunches for my, like the lunches for my kids, even though my, my daughter will, if she gets up before me, she'll pack her own lunch. Delightful. Yeah. But, um, I'm still, so I'm at the stage where, uh, like Owen, he, who is my youngest will be like, ah, like he'll complain about like the lunch and stuff. But like Zoe is at the point where she's just like, you packed my lunch. So thank you. Yeah. And then Jackson is more like Jackson just never really cares. He's just kind of like, yeah, I got a lunch. Cool. Thanks. To be fair, that feels like the perfect description of your children in general. Like (laughs) Zoe is just like a grateful kid. She's, she's great. And she's like, she's an adult in a child's body. Yeah. So, So she is like hyper aware of like what other people do for her. And even while I was there was like, thank you so much for whatever making dinner thank you I'm sorry I'm being loud I'm like you're not being loud like don't you're a child don't worry <laughs> and she's like no 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 I'm so sorry Shh. <laughs> like, okay like don't worry and then Owen is very like why isn't this the way I want it to be <laughs> yeah, you're like this should be this way yeah and then Jackson's just like head. yeah and then Jackson's just kind of like watches it happen around and like all right I'll be over here I'm going to go play some games. Yeah. Let me know if I should be eating or something. <laughs> Come on. I, one day I went up, like, I mean, I do this a lot, but I like went up to Jackson. I just gave him a little kiss on the neck and he turned at me and he smiled and he was just like, I'm the happiest boy in the world. Oh, my little heart. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> he like, yeah, he's just the sweetest thing. Um, and I'll wrap this up, but I just want to tell one more story about Jackson. Sure. So he was asking, so we take our kids on dates. And Cute. so, Oh, yeah. I did know that. Yeah. And so he was like, mom, can we go on a date? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, what do you want to do? And he was like, okay, so there's this game that's out, but like not out on all gaming devices yet. And it's called Totally Accurate Battle Simulator. Yeah. And so he is obsessed with it, um, but he doesn't have it and he really wants it. And so he was like, could, uh, could we go and get this game totally accurate battle simulator and I was like we could probably do that yeah on the date and then he's like and then what would you like to do and then I was just like buddy like this is a date for you and he's like no 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 I want to do something that you want to do and then he was just like do you want to go to a romantic restaurant (laughs) oh my goodness my little heart (laughs) oh that's amazing so that's what we're doing on our next date we're getting the game somehow I'm gonna figure that out and then um going to a romantic restaurant hey Ruth can we go on a date (gasps) yeah yeah I'd love to let's actually can we go get a game and then go to a romantic restaurant no you're already doing that but we can go to a romantic (laughs) restaurant okay we went to all you can eat sushi once yeah we did that was a lot of fun do you want to try oh there's a new place that's uh all you can eat Korean barbecue (gasps) I've never had Korean barbecue me neither that That sounds amazing (gasps) done okay okay let's plan an, uh, an evening next week definitely okay cool okay let me know if you have enough spoons. I, I will find spoons for you. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll put some spoons aside. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <sighs> Thank you. Thank you. I love that we finally did this. Me too. It was a year in the making and then the it making. happened. And then it happened. Boot. Boot. <laughs> Okay, people, thank you so much for listening. And remember that wherever you are, Candy and I (laughs) are sitting here loving you. Truth. Okay, have a good morning, afternoon, evening, night. We'll be talking to you soon. Bye. Bye.